This is the Citrus Experience Podcast, brought to you by Citrus Men. We're passionate about growing premium grafted citrus trees and helping you on your growing journey. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or an emerging green thumb, this series is for you. We share expert advice, insider knowledge, and practical tips you can apply because we know and grow citrus. Hello, and welcome to the Citrus Men podcast. I'm Susan Burns. And I'm Gary Isles. In this episode, we're going to be discussing citrus tree roots and why we graft our trees and why buying grafted citrus is the only option if you want success. Hello, Gary. Hello, Susan. What an interesting topic to talk about. It's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Because we have uh, a lot of people very curious about understocks or root stocks. So I suppose if we start by just saying like a a grafting or a, or budding, a scion, and a scion is a shoot or a bud. And when we put that to a rootstock, it's almost magical. It's it's certainly a very revered and specialised skill. And the union creates the beginning of, of a premium citrus. And that graft, in my plants, has given the citrus tree extra super special powers, <laughs> powers of protection, don't you think, Gary? Absolutely. So it gives you the opportunity to take the best of both plants. So we, we're using the, the sign or the top, the, the variety that we want. Um, so we've, we've selected that. And then we then what's the best root system to have under that? And that's when we choose the rootstock. Um, and it gives great strength. And, uh, and, 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 and the rootstock affects all sorts of things in the uh, in in the in the plant, so it's not just the roots. It does uh, bring with it some some disease resistance and brings with us a whole raft of of things that that are beneficial to the final plant. Yeah, it certainly gives them a superpower. I think so. Let's let's start right at the beginning. Have we always used rootstock? We know that that the uh, in Australia certainly the trees came over on the first fleet, but were they grafted? It's difficult to find find that out looking at the history. I suspect that they would have been grafted. They, they picked up at Tenerife on the way over. I think they got most of the one, uh, ones. I would imagine that they would have been on some sort of a rootstock in those days, even then. Um, so I presume that most of the plants that we've had in Australia over the, over the, um, the history since settlement has... Uh, have been on on a rootstock of some description. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I suppose like our citrus trees, uh, they've developed and got better, and we've got better at selecting out varieties um, as part of the evolution of growing and producing citrus trees. But what have we always used predominantly in Australia as understock, Gary? Through the history of Australia, well, I think if you if you go back in history, then we used a lot of uh, of of lemon type rough lemon root stocks so uh even even when i first started there was still a lot of rough lemon uh root stocks used there would have been some sweet orange root stocks used um they were more easily available but as time's gone on and and uh, research has developed we've we've now got a, a a much better range of root stocks to use they're targeted at conditions in each country um, and people have spent 
researchers that have spent their life working on rootstocks is a very specialised area, but in the end, those of us at the end of the chain have, have now have, have got a, a great uh, range of rootstocks to pick from um, to give the best results for the plants. And this is this just a quick note into the future. Um, there's a lot of work being done uh, for rootstocks right now to give disease resistance against some of the the exotic diseases. Fortunately, the, most of them we don't have here, and that's. Mm back to our biosecurity talk um, but there's there's a lot of research being done um, for to give resistance to some of the diseases that are causing issues around the world and a quick note is that the some of these uh, research programs are using the genetics from some of our native um, citrus some of our native limes they they feel may help in this world. So in their genetic mix, when they're doing their their um, their cross pollinations and and everything, they're uh, they're using some genetics from the uh, native Australian citrus, and uh, it'll be interesting to see in the next few years whether whether that uh, whether that works or not. But it's uh, it's it's nice to know that we're part of the mix in uh, what's happening around the world. Yes, it's extraordinary the research and development that's going on, and it, you know, most most people don't even think about it or know about it. I mean, it's not something people probably concern themselves with daily. But I know that you're very involved in the International Society of Citrus Nurserymen, and I suppose when you're all together and sharing your knowledge, you all know what's going on, and it's certainly very exciting. Um, lots of exciting things that happen in the citrus world. Absolutely, yes. We're, we're it excites us, anyway. So yes, I know. I know. I don't know whether that's sad or wonderful, but I, I think it's wonderful. So, um, tell tell us then. So, so predominantly, say way back when, people were using the, maybe the rough lemon, and what was that? What, what sort of benefits did that and, and do rootstocks sort of generally as a broad brush explanation? What do they give to a tree, Gary? Well, just. I'll just do the rough lemon um, first. The, the, one of the, there's a few advantages with using a rough lemon rootstock. It was very vigorous. So it would give you a strong, uh, a, 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 a bigger tree than what you would get on, on other rootstocks, which in some, in some type is an, and sometimes is an advantage and sometimes not. Um, uh, it would, uh, and it was very compatible with most of the varieties. So sometimes with a rootstock and a sign, there there is an incompatibility, and so they, they just don't work well from the graph. The graph will survive, but the tree won't won't um, do well. So there's a bit of matching going on, and and rough lemon was quite easy to match. It would it would work with most things, but and it was vigorous. But there was some downsides. So in in uh, in times when it was really wet, it didn't like its roots being in in a lot of uh, wet ground, and roots would die off, and and, and th- things like that were forced people to look at other options, and that's when the the research really began, and and uh, and then we've got this raft of, of of rootstocks that we can use use now, and uh, they're very uh, targeted, um, but they're also they're targeted with for for areas and for uh, different varieties, but they they can be used generally as well. So we use um, we use a lot of um, of the trifoliate types, such what we call in Australia trifoliata, 
um, and um, and then there's a range of citrange, which is crosses that were done mainly in the States. Um, and, of course, we use a lot of flying dragon in our dwarf range of citrus, mm-hmm. and that's a dwarfing rootstock. Yes. And 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 we've got some uh, Australian bred variety, uh, rootstocks as well, Cox and and um, Cox Hybrid and Benton, Benton. Citrange. So yeah. uh, that are, that are that Benton's definitely used in uh, in other parts around the world, and they're very good rootstocks um, under lemon. So you can target your rootstock to your to your sign to to get the best result. Sure, and I think a point that we need to make here is that. <clears throat> You are the specialist in all the research and development that's going on. Um, you are putting, at Citrus Men, you are putting the best variety under stock with the best, with, with the selection that it's kind of suited to. And with a lot of people having great interest in rootstock and knowing what their traits are and what their abilities are, we sort of get a lot of questions like it's a mix and match kind of option, like they're mag wheels that you can put on a car. You're going to get from the citrus men the best selection for the tree that you've chosen. Would 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 that be accurate, Gary? Absolutely. Yeah. So we look at what what rootstock works best under under various signs of varieties. Um, so just take Eureka Lemon. Eureka Lemon was is is incompatible with with um, some of the the citranges it, um, um, and some of the, the trifoliata types. So it's uh, we we look at that and and we use two rootstocks now. Uh, the Benton and Cox Hybrid that I that I mentioned. We use those under Eureka. Where in it in the past you would have got normally. Had uh, rough lemon um, because it was compatible, um, gave you a big tree, um, but the, the the roots didn't have the resilience that some of these 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 more um, modern and targeted rootstocks have. So yeah, we make that choice. We just we we don't use rough lemon anymore because we think there's too much in the downside. Gave you a great big tree, yes, um, but deep. sometimes you know that, that's that's. That that's that's not what people need. You know, you don't want a tree that's four or five meters high. You want a tree that's manageable, mm-hmm. um, and and gives you good fruit. So the, one of the things that a rootstock does it affects affects the quality of the fruit. Yes. So using that example, uh, rough lemon under Eureka lemon will give you a big lemon. Will give you a big thick skin, um, quite rough. Where if you're using some of these other rootstocks, you won't you you don't get that big rough um, skin lemon, you get a little, you know, much more manageable fruit, um, and so they affect affect the fruit quality as well as disease resistance and all sorts of cold cold tolerance, all those cold things. Tolerance. So, yeah, yeah, it is uh, it, it is quite a um, you know it's a it's a big field rootstocks and yes. uh, like I said earlier, people spend their lives working yes. working on rootstocks. Yes, yes, I want amazing. Yes. Interesting when you're at a dinner party, I suppose. What do you do? But research rootstocks. Kind of weird. Um, but let's just go back to the rough lemon. I and because I wanted to sort of talk about again, like when you go into a nursery to buy a plant, like don't be fooled. We've did we discussed it in the last episode. The size isn't everything, and as you're saying, you know, when if, if you buy a tree that's being grafted onto rough lemon. It looks like wow, that's value for money. Look at that enormous tree. 
But as you say, you're not going to get a premium growing tree and, and the fruit's going to be more that thickest, in particular if it's a lemon. So, yeah, uh, go for quality. Go for quality every time. So the, uh, aside from giving it vigour and protecting it from the cold, you touched on the fruit a little bit there, Gary, but it's also would be fair to say it's giving us true to type when we graft just generally. It gives us true to type fruit. Can you pick that apart a little bit for people when we say true to type? Well, tr true to type. Um, so we we go to a lot of trouble picking, um, making sure that, that whatever we graft or bart onto these rootstocks is from the plants, plants that, that are what they're supposed to be. So we, as as we explained in an earlier podcast, that we we get our material out of the old citrus program, which is tested so that it's true to type to make sure that it is a Washington Naval Orange, uh, that it hasn't been a, a, it's not coming off a tree that's a sport or, or you know that's been so we know it, it's been tested and that's what we're getting. So we we true to type now with the rootstocks they're grown from seed, um, and. All the same deal, same thing, you know, with those the trees that the, the seed is coming off. We they're in that old citrus program. They've been tested. We know that they are the the correct have the correct genes um, that are going to give you the disease resistance, the compatibility, and all those things. So we know what we're working with. It's so sad when you hear people say, oh, I've had this tree for years and it's never produced any fruit. I got it from a cutting from an auntie. Well, this is why. This Because grafting, not only does it give you, as we say, true to type, you may never even get a fruit, correct? Especially if you're growing seed, citrus from seed. Bit of a trend that we've noticed on social media, perhaps all, how to grow a citrus from seed. Well, don't. That's not your job. Your job is to buy it from Citrus Man and get something fabulous and be on your way because <laughs> it, it could take you how long? You could wait 10 years and you've got this tree and then it produces some funny little fruit. Am I being... Am I yeah, well, yes, taking this... Uh, well, no, I just... Well, we don't want to encourage people to grow from seed because it, it is... It's a long-term process. So from seed, you'll often get a, a tree, we say it's juvenile, which which means it'll have big thorns. Uh, it might take five, six, seven, eight years to fruit, some, depending on 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 the, the seedling. So, you know, it's it, it's not... And the other thing is that it's it may not be true to, true to type, like we were saying before. From seed, then the uh, citrus signs often don't come true true from C. So uh, yeah, that's that's just a false a false economy and uh, and yeah, you 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 don't know what you're going to get when you grow from seed. And from cuttings, well we use a rootstocks for the you know, we don't go to all this trouble just for the fun of it. Um grafting, uh, budding is a craft and people have to be trained and Yes. That, you know, it's, it's quite a skill. skill. Um and uh, it yeah, so so we don't do that just for the fun of it. We do it because it creates a much a much better plant so you know you're getting a, a good good root system a strong root system suited to the variety and um, you know and and for and for Australia I might just mention that um, in this world of you know Google searching and um, there's lots of there are a number of rootstocks that people will ask us about 
that yes. they've Google searched up um, that work in over uh, in countries overseas, but they don't work here. So there's certain plant pathogens within the citrus world that 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 Australia has. Um, fortunately, we don't have the real sinister ones, um, but we do have some, and some rootstocks are affected by those plant pathogens. So Never. we need to use rootstocks that work here, yeah. some rootstocks that work well in overseas countries that don't have that mix of their plant pathogen mix is different to ours. Yes. And so we, we, we have some rootstocks that just don't work because of that. So, you know, don't, don't, don't think that, that we're not looking and using everything that we can. We use the best tools we've got and, uh, and those, some of those things we can't use. So it's just, uh, just a little side note. Yeah. It's important, Gary, because yeah, look, people can, can buy plant material online and we, we have talked about it before, but, uh, Please don't ever bring in a rootstock or any plant material, full stop, just don't do it. But uh, as she touched on, it could be full of pathogens. And also uh, some of those are, are not resistant to endemic uh, diseases that are here in Australia. So might work really well in another country, but it's not going to work in Australia. Yeah, yes. Please refer to our biosecurity yeah. uh, podcast and and think of the consequences uh and it's 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 a worry because of the way the world is now with things moving around you know much easier than what they have in the past and you're but, not doing anything yeah please else. don't please don't buy plant material from overseas uh it it's it's fraught with danger for for all of us in the plant world not only citrus right across the whole yeah. plant world there's things that we we we're so fortunate here to to live on a on an island and be a little bit removed but you know everything's got closer with the way things are in a modern age but please don't bring in plant material from overseas there are methods through quarantine you can do it through the right channels and it's checked and so they have a whole range of checks and balances and um, might take time but it's well worth it so if yeah it's but just don't order stuff online and bring it in it's it's fraught with danger yes so, look, we are actively uh, encouraging you just to s stick to your knitting in a way. Like, uh, you want to experiment, experiment with what's available to you here. Um, but certainly, always buy a premium grafted citrus tree. Um, there are, I do notice, there's a lot of uh, what we we know as cutting-grown trees. So they're trees, citrus trees that are for sale, uh, which are widely sold. Uh, again, we're not encouraging you to do that. And apart from the fact that they look like a shaggy old bush, that it, they're not framed up properly just because of the way they've grown. What are your thoughts about the cutting grown? No, of course, I know what you're going to oh, say. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> anybody, anybody, that, anybody that knows me knows my heart. It's about cutting grown citrus. I just think it's... Uh, yeah, if we if people are going to put a tree in their courtyard, their balcony, their backyard, well, why not pick the best available? Um, like I've been saying in this podcast, we use a rootstock for a reason. It gives you a stronger root system. A cutting grown um, citrus will grow. It will survive, and in ideal conditions, then then it'll it'll bat on. But once you've got any disease pressure climate mm. what well, i'm mm. mainly thinking about 
water, if it's excess water and sitting, the, the, the roots of a cutting grown citrus are nowhere near as resilient as the roots of a rootstock. So that's, you know, that, that's in a nutshell why we go to all this trouble of, of growing. We're growing two plants to give you, to give you one. We're growing a rootstock yes. and then we're, we're, we're grafting or budding onto that. Um, and then growing another plant. So you're getting, you know, in in in, yeah. in the process, you're getting two plants put into one. Um, and and like I said, we don't do it just for the fun of it. We do it because it creates the premium product that we want to supply to the yeah. to the and home gardener. You're underplaying a uh, a point there, Gary, because it's also about the skill set. Uh, you know, it's it's not that hard to take a cutting. But by jingos, try and do some grafting. Try and do some budding. Yes. See why Gary doesn't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a man, it's a skill on its own, isn't it? It's just yeah. So yes, yeah, paying yeah. there's a lot of uh a, a lot's gone into a grafted tree. So please so, and it's, you know, we've progressed in the industry so far. It seems so retrograde to me to to be selling professionally grown cutting citrus. It's just an anathema to me. However, let's not linger on that point, Gary. How would we know? What are we looking for when we're buying a citrus tree in a garden centre or a nursery? Uh, how do we know if it's grafted? Well, generally, you'll see that there's a note on the label, on the back of the label. There'll be a note to say what the what what the rootstock is, whether it's a flying dragon, whether it's a, a um, trifoliata, whether it's a, one of the citranges, um, Troy or Carrizo citrange, uh, Cox hybrid. All those. It'll be written on the back of the label to say what the rootstock is, mm -hmm. um, and also you can have a look. You know, you can mm -hmm. see. Where the where the plant's been grafted. So in a um, let's just put the dwarf to the side for a minute. And in a normal citrus, you'll see six six or eight inches above the. Um, or maybe I should convert to metric. Let's say uh, 150 millimeters above the um, above the, the the potting mix. Then you'll see you'll you'll see where the graft. You can actually see the the the, um, the difference. In the bark, and and there will sometimes be a little kink um, where where that's grown, so you that you can visually see it in the dwarf. Um, often they're they're budded or grafted a little bit lower because we're trying to give you a lower bushier bushier plant. Um, so, but you still can have a look and you'll see where the, the graft mm -hmm. and there's a, often a little just a little circumference difference between the, between the two that, yes. that um, you'll see but yeah look at the label have a look at the plant um, you can generally you generally get a pretty good good idea of uh, of seeing where that graft is yeah uh, the, I think another important point we need to make here Gary is that we don't plant that graft down sometimes people want to say do do I bury the graft why do they say that uh, I don't I don't know but it's just uh, perceptions, I, I suppose. But no, keep the keep the graft above the ground. Plant the plant at the same level it is in the pot. Yes. So that you know, you, you the graft will be above, um, and that gives you that you you you're using that rootstock for protection, and you want it uh, you want it above the soil level, away from those um, soil-borne pathogens. Mm -hmm. And you will. It's lovely when you. 
when your tree is growing, you'll see it's quite distinctively different. In um, it's a different color and shape as it gets thicker and bigger. And um, yeah, it's the way it's grown in there. I love looking at my graphs. <laughs> uh, but you've got to be careful too that they don't shoot away. Sometimes they will, uh, especially in the early days. Why they the the understock can get a little bit too excited and want to make an appearance. Yes, yes. Well, we we um, do a lot of that in our production, is in keeping those rootstock shoots off. They will they will grow particularly while we've got the plant, but it can happen after the 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 home home gardener has it out in their garden. So keep a bit of an eye out. You'll notice that most rootstocks have a a, a trifoliate leaf, so uh, which is a leaf with three leaflets. So if you see um, a, a side shoot coming out from low on the plant and it's got those three leaflets and often thorny, um, then just nip it off because it, it is from the rootstock. And if you leave it there, then it, it is slightly stronger than the, gra- the, the plant above the graft yes. because there's no graft. So if you take it off when it's soft and young, um, it, it, and th- once it's established, then it, it doesn't happen very often. So, but early on, yeah, any of those um, shoots with those sorts of leaves low on the plant, just nip them off. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like if you let that develop, it's kind of like the kryptonite. It takes the superpowers away from your tree. So I like to just rub it with my thumb so that it, it just disappears off. But, um, yeah, it's a good thing to to keep your eye on. So, gee, we've, we've covered a, a lot about, I mean, we, we could go on and on and on. Um, and people do get very excited about rootstocks. But I think in just recapping, they are being constantly developed. Uh, the varieties are being chosen to put with the, the right tree or plant uh, to give you the best results. Different if you're a commercial orchard and you want to have a variety grown on a under stock, that's probably different, correct, Gary? It's not... not you would you could do that commercially. Yeah, well, they, that's yeah, yeah. Commercial growers will make their decision on on a number of um, number of fronts where they are, their soils, what sure. they what they want to grow. So um, they, you know, and sometimes ripening when they want their fruit to rot. Sure. The rootstock can affect that. Yeah, yeah. So that's different yeah, levels. So for the home gardener, for the yeah. domestic gardener, just have faith in us, the citrus men. You are going to get something fabulous that will perform and do do as it says on the box it's gonna it's gonna do one sweet bell for you so uh gee thanks for joining us today uh everyone in this it was a super interesting episode and and um perhaps now you've got a deeper understanding of of rootstocks and how they work so um yeah thanks for sharing your amazing wisdom and knowledge gary isles it's wonderful uh so that's right in the next episode uh we're going to be doing a bit of citrus myth busting. Yeah, and there's a few um, few little curious and hilarious things that people like to do and say about citrus, behaviours around citrus. So we're going to debunk a few of those and steer you straight. So tune in next time. And um, I'll look forward to having a chat with you then, Gary, about what we love the most, citrus. See you next time. Absolutely. Thanks, Susan everyone thanks for listening for resources and contact details relevant to this episode 
please see the show notes. Subscribe to Citrus Experience so you know when the next episode goes live. And follow Citrus Men on social media for more great content.